It's the speed that we're starting to see autonomy and all versions of that. So not just like we talked about with robotics or something like that, but with RPA, with people who are basically taking robotic process automation and creating software that basically replaces the amount of workforce. That's amazing to me how fast that has occurred and allowed for efficiencies to happen within the energy industry that impact the workforce quite a bit. We are here to try to explain to you what it is we do here. The solar industry in the U.S. employs more people than Google, Apple, Facebook, and Twitter combined. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Welcome into the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. I am your host, Fred Davis. Episode 63 happening right now. I'm glad to have you guys all on board. Another great episode on deck. We welcome to the program today, Sean Gare, Managing Director of Innovate Energy, one of the leaders in the digital content space, in the energy space, talking all things energy, but they started out covering robotics and drones five years ago, and they've blossomed into one of the premier digital content providers in the energy space, and of course, uh, obviously, now they're getting into the renewable side of things, and so we're going to talk to Sean about that. And, of course, they've got a great set of events coming up, Innovate Energy Week that's going on in the woodlands at the end of October. And, of course, we're going to talk to Sean about that. But before we do that, let's welcome to the program the CEO and founder of eRenewable, Mr. Mike Niemer, telling you all a little bit about what we do over at eRenewable. Hi, Mike Niemer, co-founder and CEO of eRenewable. Today, I'd like to tell you about our suite of services. We can help you with your PPAs and BPPAs. Renewable natural gas, responsibly sourced gas, lighting and HVAC efficiencies, and we can assist you in planning for your ESG needs. If we could be of any assistance, do call us at 1-866-ERENEW1 or email me at mike at erenew.net. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Mike Niemer. You can find out more about eRenewable over at the LinkedIn page, the website, erenew.net. And we ask that you give us a follow over on Twitter as well, at erenew2020, at Mike underscore Niemer, N-E-M-E-R. And of course, you can find me at the Freddie D as well. So without further ado, let's get to the program. Let's welcome Mr. Sean Gare, Managing Director of Innovate Energy. We'll get into a little bit about his gas roots, taking the digital plunge five years ago, and of course now all the things they've branched out into, Energy Next, and of course the event side of things with the big Innovate Energy Week going down in the woodlands the last week of October. Great stuff. Please welcome Mr. Sean Gare. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. You know, basically... What we saw you know, a few years back was that energy recognized it overall, oil and gas, LNG, you name it, in the fossil sense, that there were, you know, a digitization trend was occurring that they needed to jump onto. So they started looking at a wide variety of technologies and how that could potentially impact or uh, make their operations more efficient, more economical, more safe. And so that was, I think, the first round of adoption within the energy market as far as using technology as a way to enable their future growth. And then in the last year to two years, we've seen that switch that you're talking about, Fred, where now it's energy transition technology that's starting to be implemented adjacent to the digitization. And I think that's where we're really going to take off. Tell us a little bit about your background in oil and gas and uh, now that you're making your way into this energy transition. So the original background is 
my dad was, you know, in oil and gas. And so that's what started my interest was, uh, you know, his, his being involved in that his whole career. And from that, I started right after college in media for oil and gas with, you know, the oil and gas journal. So talk about something from the past that uh, really covered the industry. And from that, we started doing more and more media and the energy and market was always the market, you know, like a siren song calling us. So when we started Innovate Energy a few years ago, it was just a natural progression of many years in the energy market, covering all kinds of different technology and projects that were being done around the world. Of course, you're old enough to remember, and well, hell, all three of us are old enough to remember back when, uh, you know, they still put out real-life publications that you held in your hand. That's right. You bet. Print was not dead. So it was definitely out there and a great way to you know, be able to cover very detailed projects and technical papers that needed to be put out for the engineering community around energy. So five years ago, we started Innovate Energy, and the concept really began with just one segment, uh, or what we call community, which was drones and robotics. So we started seeing a wave of automation occurring, and that was our inaugural group that we started covering in as a media company in energy was drones and robotics, when we say from the stars to the seafloor. So anywhere automation and remote operations are occurring with drones and robotics, we started covering the projects, the technology, and helping energy companies and technology players find one another so that they could you know, scale their programs for autonomous in the energy market. Given that you came from a print background, I'm curious, being a print guy myself from back in the day, was the oil and gas industry quick to latch on to the digitalization of content as it moved from the print side to the digital side? I wouldn't say quick. No, that would not be the uh, term. It's a great, great way to put it, though. But, you know, similar to, uh, well, yourselves, right? So you, you notice probably as you've evolved, you know, the podcast now is gaining more and more you know, listeners from everything from boomers down to Gen Z. You know, you see people who are starting to absorb content now via blogs or po podcasts, et cetera. So the same thing. It wasn't immediate. But pretty early on, you know, only five years ago, people were pretty well past having to have print and really could absorb things via newsletter, podcasts, digital events, live events. And I would say, obviously, COVID-19 only accelerated all of that about a thousand percent. And oil and gas is its own niche industry as it is. And of course, we all know the dozens and dozens of niche industries within oil and gas. But you guys went after a very particular segment in drones and robotics. When did you guys start to branch out into other aspects as well? We basically started after year one. One year later, people started asking us whether we would give some coverage to uh, virtual reality, augmented reality. And we launched our industrial XR forum group. Then right after that, it started to become more information that crossed between the two, edge computing, digital twins, different types of data analysis with AI and ML. So each of these were kind of connected or overlapping. And in essence, that's what one led to the other. So in the last five years, we now have five different communities that we're serving. As far as the growth, it's a great, great question. And, and really what happens is we find the more content we put out, sector reports, benchmark surveys, executive interviews with heads of unmanned programs uh, or robotics programs in energy companies, the more events we were running, everything from local meetups here in Houston to you know international summits, 
everything we did started to attract more and more people, as you would imagine, who came for the content. So if they're able to access that content, that just grew the community. So within a fairly short amount of time, five years, we now have over 16,000 globally who are part of just drone and robotics. Innovate Energy as a whole is almost 25,000 now. With regards to the drones, did you start with something as simple as a drone flying over oil or gas tanks and just observing oil fields? Is that how it started? Tell the listeners how that very basic drone, what it first did, and then compare it to where it is today. So basically what you see, Mike, is they come up with, I think, really three main use cases right off the bat. And it was surveying, mapping, and inspection. Those were the three areas that drones were used, you know, early use cases. And yes, it was right over critical infrastructure. So they did that over flare stacks, uh, pipelines. And so as the technology has evolved, getting longer flight times, heavier payloads, better fuel sources, the miniaturization of the different types of payloads, those use cases have multiplied. But those main three areas are still where drones are used today by you know, major energy companies around the world. When did you guys start to tinker around with the renewable energy side of things? It really entered the portfolio pretty quickly. And the reason behind that is it was already starting to become part of the uh, energy portfolio that you see, especially on the power utility side. They were already starting a lot of projects in solar, in wind. And so we saw quite a bit of use of technology in that area. And then in more recent time, you know, in the last couple of years, particularly with the multinationals, we started seeing more oil and gas companies who have specific divisions now focused just on renewables or legacy oil and gas companies that are starting to add renewables into their actual production or their pipelines, et cetera. So how they could enable their existing fossil use, but also use uh, some sum of electrification or, or renewables or some combination thereof, battery storage. So it started impacting pretty early on and has only grown from there. Energy Next was born to really focus on the energy transition technologies. Okay. So if we find, just like we saw, if you think about it, Fred, where Innovate Energy went from one community or one technology to the next, because they overlapped, Innovate Energy and Energy Next also overlap because energy transition technology is often rooted in what we're doing around energy digitalization. And the number one way we see that is if you look at not necessarily the projects and technology that we cover with Energy Next for the future, some of which isn't right now, around carbon, around hydrogen. But if you look at just making your current fossil energy operations more efficient, more sustainable, giving you that license to continue operating them in a way that fits all of your stakeholders and your ESG goals, that technology is where Innovate Energy digitization, that emerging tech immediately starts to fill those needs. So that was really the number one segue over. And then the additional technologies like carbon and hydrogen and methane detection and mitigation fit nicely right behind it. So we started communities for those as well. It seems like right now you can't get enough good content on what's going on with the energy transition. I think you're right. I mean, people are very hungry for content. And particularly, I think what they're looking for is something that we try to do with our Energy Next newsletter 
is focused content. So in essence, it's like, there's a lot of information out there, but how do I make that actionable and something that I can use to actually, you know, help me in my job or my role in the energy transition or around emerging technology and energy. So that's really where Energy Next comes in as a newsletter that sifts through our editors, write new stories and take the news and make it easy to digest a little bit irreverent we have some fun with it oh, uh, which i think makes it more readable yeah it makes it more readable and and so uh, that's really where we come in and try to deliver something on a weekly basis that helps people really catch up on what happened over the last week what's happening going forward and how is that potentially going to impact my job or my company what technology that have you seen or that you guys have reported on that's intersected with renewables that kind of surprised you or, or kind of left you, uh, you know, in your 15, 20 plus years of, of journalism experience, kind of even left you uh, a little bit in all? Um, I'd say, you know, for me, it's the speed that we're starting to see autonomy and all versions of that. So not just like we talked about with robotics or something like that, but with RPA, with people who are basically taking robotic process automation and creating software that basically replaces the amount of workforce, that's amazing to me how fast that has occurred and allowed for efficiencies to happen within the energy industry that uh, you know impact the workforce quite a bit as far as the number of people that are required on a rig or on a project. And then that now from the get-go, that's a transition type of situation with fossil energy, but from the renewable energy side, they've adopted automation right from the beginning. So it's amazing how few people it takes to build and then sustain or maintain large solar farms, battery storage, you know, wind offshore, onshore. It's just fascinating to me how that's really changed the entire energy ecosystem in a pretty rapid sense over the last 10, 20 years. How have you guys approached policy? Because now technology, we know that's obviously going to be there, but we're starting to see more policy discussion. We're starting to see more behind-the-scenes discussion about how these two are going to mesh, certainly here in Texas, but for one. Where are you guys at, and are you seeing that as an emerging topic that folks are wanting to know more about? Well, certainly everyone who got impacted by the freeze, you know, and there were many, uh, are going to be looking at that you know, for a, a long time to come. But I would say what we're seeing more so when it comes to policy, our readers and folks that we work with are mostly interested in how that policy is impacting projects, financial flow of, of future projects, and then, of course, the technology that would potentially help enable things that those policies have to enact. So, for instance, you know, the weatherization of natural gas facilities, pump houses, pipelines, compressors, et cetera, you know, that obviously would require some level of technology. And so you then have to look at what's going to be applied potentially that would allow that to occur. That's where we're seeing more so. And then, of course, the policies could affect, uh, depending on how you interpret them, how Texas and Houston, to an extent, are going to support or not support various types of energy sources you know, we've been great about an all of the above policy, you know, uh, in Texas, but some of these uh, policies and discussions are not as favorable to all the types of energy. And I think that could have an impact as to what we move going forward. 
for folks at home that want to subscribe to the newsletter, how they go about doing so? Sure. I just have to hit up energynextnow.com. And that's really the spot that you can see and get subscribed to the newsletter and see everything we're doing around the uh, energy transition technologies moving forward. Now, I know when you and I chit-chatted a few months back, one of the things you guys do outside of putting out tremendous content is you guys you know, host events and you've got some tremendous events coming up right here uh, in the great city of Houston, just outside in the woodlands, of course. What are some of the summits you guys got coming up? And, and what are you, mo- I mean, obviously you're excited about all of them, but what's something the folks that have never been to uh, an Energy Next Summit or conference, what, what, what can they expect? You bet. Absolutely. So uh, we're very excited because you know, we're bringing four of our summits together uh, because obviously travel has been impacted for people this year. So instead of stretching those out to individual cities, individual you know, venues, we put them all together, as you mentioned, the Woodlands under one Innovative Energy Week. So that's number one. We're super excited to bring together so many different technologies. Uh, these all have conferences, expos, demos. So it's it's a really great opportunity for folks who are around energy transition, you know, energy digitalization, emerging tech, R&D. If you're in energy and anywhere in that market or the financial side or the technology side, this is a great week for you to be able to come up October 25th through the 29th to the Woodlands and be able to see a lot of different technologies. Within that, it is hard to pick a favorite. It's like asking, you know, who's your favorite kid, right, Fred? So that's tough. That's tough. You know, who's your favorite Astro? Also tough. Uh, but I can say a few cool things that people see. You know, uh, Boston Dynamics is going to be there with Spot, which that's is that robot that's all, Is that the robot that's all over social media that's doing flips you see and dancing, basketballs and what have yeah, you? Well, believe it or not, it's all over energy as well. It's in really? a bunch of different energy facilities from nuclear plants to refineries. And so they're going to be showcasing different ways that – uh, spot and you know basically robotics are being used for the dull, dirty, and dangerous jobs. Okay. And I think that's going to be fascinating for people to come out and see and hear about. The other one I think that uh, kind of bookends later in the week is our Industrial XR Forum, which is a great summit. And people really are going to see there how virtual reality and augmented reality are being used in many ways for the energy transition. Because if you think about it for ESG goals, by using this type of technology, you don't have to fly people around the world. You can use this technology to see what I see, to have that remote operator out in the field, put on you know, a, a pair of augmented reality glasses and communicate right back to plant headquarters or to the control room and be able to talk through what the issue is with that expert remotely as well as handling a lot of training needs to make the industry safer. So that's another one, I think, that people would see a lot of great technology and a lot of demos that would help them to see how the digital side of technology is going to be impacting the transition moving forward. Give the folks at home the website and the dates once again for folks that are looking forward to it, as well as is, is it virtual too for the, maybe the folks that can't make it to, to H-Town? Will they be able to watch it virtually or is this strictly an in-person event? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be in person and we also have uh, virtual on demand. So people are going to have the opportunities to participate either way. We know a lot of our folks who are around the globe are not able to come to the U.S. currently. And so those folks for sure will be doing it virtually. So you're able to participate either way. It's October 25th through the 29th. And the easiest way to see it all is go to Innovate Energy Now. 
com and look at Innovate Energy Week. It's right there on the front page. Shows you everything about all the different events that are taking place, how to participate, and really what you could find if you were able to come up to the Woodlands that week, either live or virtually. Well, I know I'm certainly going to check it out. I certainly check out at least one of the days for sure. My only concern is, and, and I'm going to go off, uh, you know, you, I know you guys like to get irreverent with your uh, newsletter here. As someone who saw Will Smith and iRobot, should we be at all concerned about Spot? Dude, I don't think you have any worries at this point. iRobot will not occur at Innovate Energy Week. Uh, you, you're, you're very safe. Uh, fortunately, unlike uh, in the future, potentially, that has been shown uh, many ways in, in movies, uh, Terminator, etc. The robots are not in control. Uh, it is absolutely human controlled in order to get robots to do most functions in the energy space. And so, yeah, uh, the great point. The a demo uh, are all uh, are all friendly to uh, the energy market. So nobody's going to get hurt in those demos. And of course, you're on LinkedIn as well. So whether folks want to connect with you on socials as well, I'm guessing Twitter, the whole nine. Absolutely. So you can find me. It's uh, Sean Gear. Last name's a little tough. G-U-E-R-R-E. First name Sean, S-E-A-N, like Sean Connery. And uh, basically you have uh, Sean Gear at Sean Gear Twitter or Sean Gear on LinkedIn. Please connect with me. I'd love to meet more folks in the energy transition and renewables market. And I really would love to be able to connect with them about the projects and tech they're working on. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Sean Gare. You can catch all of the Green Insider episodes over at Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, eRenew.net, or wherever you get your podcasts. But if you listen to us on Apple, we ask that you give us a five-star review. Why? Because we promise you learn more about renewable energy from the Green Insider than you knew about it before you stopped by. Want to give a big shout-out, as always, to Mr. Mike Niemer and the entire eRenewable and Green Insider team. And don't miss out next week when we have a special two-part series with iSun's own Jeffrey Peck and Daniel Deuce. This has been the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. We make going green easier. <laughs>